there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! This is Paul Cooney with John Hartson and Stephen McGinn. John last night described Gareth Bale as, well, maybe the best ever Welsh player. A lot of Celtic fans, John, would say that was you in oh, their heart for uh, what you did with Celtic. <laughs> but I thought it was great hearing you speak about Gareth Bale. My goodness, John, when you saw the goals back, he's only 33 years old, 111 caps, five times winner of the Champions League. Phenomenal. Yeah, a unique talent. Uh, you know, the the goals, the, the magical moments he's given the Wales fans... His time at Spurs was was unbelievable. He almost carried Spurs for a season yeah. uh, when he was there and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, uh, he's he's the most successful um, foreign import that has left these shores. In terms of five Champions Leagues, yeah. over a hundred goals for Real Madrid, um, three titles, league titles, more titles, um, and he's just been a phenomenon. He really, really has. He's. Uh, Great player and a really down-to-earth lad as well. Very humble guy, you know, no big ego, no the big I am. Just yeah. gets on with it. A very proud Welshman. And was it just time to go? Did you not manage to persuade him, come to Scotland for a year and enjoy either Rangers or Celtic? Well, yeah. I think Aaron Ramsey's wages were quite high. I think uh, I think Bailey's wages might be a bit higher, to yeah. be honest yeah. with you. But uh, no, I think he's made his mind up poorly. You know, it's that's the thing with international football. You basically retire yourself. You know, yeah. you can retire after 40 caps, 80 caps, um, because you're not on a contract. It's it's whenever you feel. And his game, you know, the, in the World Cup, I, I thought they they were a bit under par wheels, and he's looked at it. A lot of Gareth's game, he was dynamic. It was about his pace, yeah. you know. And when you lose a little bit of an edge, um, you know, when you can see it for yourself, and he's decided to call it a day, and uh, I respect that, and, and and hopefully now he can go on and enjoy the rest of his life. I don't know what he's going to do. There's a rumour that he's joining Live Golf, yep. um, but I don't know how true that is, but apparently it's just a rumour. Right, Stephen McGinn's got the latest on that, Live Golf. Uh, no, we, we just don't know Stephen, do we? Yeah, John's yeah. covered it. Yeah. What, what a player. Sure. Some of the, the goals he scored in his cup things, I mean, he's overhead kick against... Um, Liverpool, Liverpool in its yeah. own right, it's such a special goal. But that goal he scored against Barcelona when he runs off the pitch and then back on to score it. Um, it's hard to believe how much stick he gets from the Madrid fans at times. We've got two people who've gone far in the Scottish League Cup. Stephen, I don't think you won it, but you were with St Mirren on that amazing year when they went all the way, but you left the club just beforehand. Yeah, obviously left in the January to go to Watford. And I remember thinking um, we had Hearts in the semi-final. Um, and I remember thinking that our games that year against Hearts were close and the boys ended up going to win the game and playing that cup final against Rangers that a lot of my ex-teammates will never speak about again the infamous nine men yeah. uh, cup yeah. final so not not a fond, fond memory from the ex-teammates John we've got the League Cup semis this weekend um, we've got the referees for a trophy and it's such a big one because of the three it's 
third probably because the title is number one Scottish Cup second the League Cup but you don't feel that in the day you win a, a cup and it's the first of the season and as you know the referees have been announced this weekend it's going to be Willie Collum who's got Celtic against Kilmarnock with Greg Aitken on VAR and Nick Walsh who had the Celtic Killy game at the weekend he's in charge of Rangers Aberdeen Alan Muir is on VAR duty the thrill of winning a cup semi-final to get to a cup final John anything like it? No, I think the supporters love going to Hamden and of course the semi-finals are at Hamden as well. I'm actually covering that game this weekend, uh, Celtic Kilmarnock. And I thought Kilmarnock did exceptionally well at the weekend up until 45 minutes where a poor time to, to, to concede a goal, you know, where to give Celtic a bit of a lift going into half-time. But going back to the League Cup, um, it's a great trophy to win. I remember Alec McLeish talking about this. I think it was his first trophy as Rangers manager. You look at Ange Postacoglu last season. Celtic's, um, you know, Ange Postacoglu's first trophy as manager of Celtic. A trophy's a trophy. Now, I, I, I know um, people will say the Scottish Cup is the bigger out of the two, and it, it probably is. But it's still a trophy, Paul. And sure. I tell you what, if you can win it, you know, I'm sure both clubs will, will want to win it. But all four clubs in the semi-final, including the uh, the game between Rangers and Aberdeen, I think it's the day before, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Saturday, Celtic is on Sunday. That's right. We'll talk about that with Stephen and John. And you can call too, 0808 17 17 700. We'll hear from the managers, Ange Postacoglu and Michael Beale. But at the weekend, it was no change at the top, but a lot to talk about uh, down the division in the Premiership and in the first and Championship as well. Uh, some of the headlines today, um, Norwich have rejected an offer for Todd Cantwell from an English Championship team, according to reports coming in. And Stephen, uh, Rangers are reported to be interested in him as well. Yes, yeah, um been spoke about. Obviously, Todd Cantwell's had a couple of disappointing years after his, after his early promise. And maybe look at the John Lindstrom situation. Started to um, draft for him at Sheffield United and goes up to Rangers and ends up in the European final. So he's got to have a look at that and, and I'm sure that um, he's already obviously in this English Championship. The Rangers offers totally different and uh, a massive opportunity for him. Sure is. John, what are you thinking about Gikamakis? Uh, there's interest from Japan. We mentioned it yesterday. John Book, Hyundai Motors, the richest club probably in Japan. They're keen on uh, speaking with him and uh, Jisung Park is in London according to Sky News uh, speaking with a number of clubs uh, could you see Giacomacchus going there he's also I think you'd imagine he's wanted maybe in Italy maybe in England can you see him going it's 8 million they're saying well if, if he is away and, and he's been given the green light his agent has been given the green light to find him a club um, I, I think there'll be many many um, clubs that will be interested because he's He's been exceptional at Celtic. Mm. He really, really has. And I, I still can't get my head around it. Listen, it's obviously come from the manager and, and the the, um, the hierarchy at mm. Celtic is that he's he's not part... If he if this is all true, yeah, Paul, sure. I'm not sure. No. It might be rumours, but um, I can see him going to, to a very good club. You know, even in the championship, there's some top-end clubs in, in the championship. Um... He's a goal scorer and, and he, he's a big centre forward and I, I still believe there's a lot of room in the game still for a, for a target man who gets goals. He gets big goals, he gets last-minute goals, he gets tap-ins, you know, he gets spectacular goals. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those, Paul, that for me, if he was to leave Celtic because of um, his agent is, is holding out for a new deal, that's one of the things that, that would really, really... Um, 
annoy me because they can't come to an agreement where he must be still... It's a nightmare for him because Kyogo is number one. Mm. I know myself, if you're not playing, I had a, I had a similar experience at Arsenal, but Burkamp and Wright was keeping me out of the team. And I wanted to play. In the end, I left for West Ham. You want to play. You know, you don't just want to be a bit part. And, and Giacomacchus comes on as sub and... It's clearly yep. that he, he obviously, you know, in recent times he's played a lot of Kyogo, but, you know, Giacomacchus is a top player. He's proved that. I know we've only seen him for the best part of about a year. And to let someone like that go because of a contract situation, I can't believe the two parties can't sit down and get round a table and and everybody walks away happy and we keep a fantastic centre forward. The fans love him. They don't come around very often. No, centre forwards yeah. are hard to find. That's why it's the big bucks. Especially yeah. good ones, Paul. So sure. that, that one would really wrangle with me if he was to still leave the club. I'm hoping that I'm holding on to some sort of thought that he may well still, you know, sort sort the situation out. The Celtic Aberdeen game, of course, is Saturday, Rangers on Sunday. Stephen, um, the Sky report is about the Celtic target, uh, Che Sung Cho, in London. So he could be coming because they would need to. If Chikamakas goes, surely Celtic need another top-class striker along with Kyogo. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you only need to watch the, the highlights from the weekend to see the impact it has off the bench. I mean, I know everyone speaks about how they want to play. He comes off the bench absolutely bursting to get a goal. I mean, so unlucky. The headers, I mean, Big John could have done that. That would yeah. have been one he'd have been proud of. Um, so unlucky it comes off the band the power. and he's even oh, yeah. he's shot off the uh, from outside the box yeah. it's not something you associate with him but he's just he's just got that hunger to score goals and that's that's why I think obviously everyone's desperate to play he's at 20, he's at 28 year old uh, now so he's starting to think about his last big contract as well so you can't blame him for that can no you? you can't I mean uh, first and foremost it's your job and you want to look after your family um, the J League ones I mean we've obviously any Good players over the time in Scotland, they do get linked with England all the time. They get linked with Europe. The you, you wonder where that link comes from. Is that uh, with the focus on the Japanese players at Celtic? And they think, hang on a minute, he, he can't get a game at Celtic. He's some sure. player, that big guy. Indeed, yeah. Quite, quite like uh, a bit of him. So, yeah, that was an interesting one where that one comes from. But yeah, I mean, if he goes and um, anything happens to Kogo, Celtic are left with no striker. So yeah, they have to get something moving um, before they let Jackie Marcus out of the building. And it's the Red Diamonds who've been mentioned in connection with uh, Gigi that the Celtic fans love. Uh, yeah, this weekend, what are you thinking then, Celtic fans? You would love to. You got the double last season. It's a treble you'd be going for. And for Rangers fans, most of them saying, look, the title, they'll still keep chasing your old team, John, but there's effectively 10 points in it. Nine points plus the goal difference. The cup this weekend is absolutely massive, I think, for both clubs. It is. Um, different types of games, of course. Uh, Celtic... Um will take on Kilmarnock again. Kilmarnock, I thought, played very well at the weekend and, you know, the goal sets them back right on half-time. The, the Derek McInnes would love to have got them in at half-time and they've regrouped, had a, had a chat with the players. Um, uh, but it, it's difficult. I think there's, there's talk about uh, Lafferty coming coming back in and obviously he's chomping at the bit to play because he's been, he's been out for a while. Ten um, games, yeah. Derek McInnes saying he's bursting yeah. to play. So that's on yeah. the Sunday and obviously on Saturday, Rangers Aberdeen. Um, Rangers. So can I ask you, John, sorry, as a striker, do you think he'll be fit? I'm sure physically fit. Will he be in condition, having been out for so long? Well, I think I think they'll risk him. I think Derek McInnes has already said that he's, um, you know, he's desperate to play. And 
He's the type of player for me. Um, all right, he might be lacking a bit of match sharpness, but he doesn't carry weight. You know, he's tall, he's gangly, he's effective. But the issue you've got is can, can Kilmarnock get spells on the ball to give him service? Supply. Because I, I played yeah. up there myself, you know, when I was down south playing against top teams at mm. Old Trafford for West Ham. I, I didn't get a kick. I didn't get a kick. I didn't it's a lonely. Get a, yeah. yeah, it can be because if you're isolated up there, you know, your team needs to get on the ball, get wide and get service into the box. The problem for Kilmarnock is how much of the ball are they actually mm. going to go and get? Because Celtic, you know, they, they keep the ball so well and they pass it around. So um, Derek McInnes will have to organise his team so they get a spell of possession. And then you've got a player like Lafferty who's very good in the air. He can be effective if he's proven. You know, he's proven up here at Hearts, at Rangers and... And at Kilmarnock, you know, he was pivotal last season in, in, in Kilmarnock coming up. Of course, and there's but, a man that played alongside him. Yeah. You know him well. Well, Stephen would tell yeah. you about him now, yeah. Yeah, well, he played in the Reserve Cup for Kilmarnock today, so that's, that's when I was definitely aware he was able to play uh, Saturday because he wasn't allowed to play any sort of reserve football, and it's a big part of why I don't think he'll play from the start on Saturday. Right. I think the Derek's approach on Saturday very similar to, to Celtic Park. I think they'll... Stay in the game, they'll have a lot of size in their team for set pieces. I think they'll want to ask questions of Celtic if they get the opportunity from throw-ins and from free kicks uh, deep inside uh, Celtic's half. Um, but I think Lafferty will be almost a joker. I don't know, I don't know, I, I know and he's not he's not the type, to, as John says, to put on weight. And he'll have been up to no good for the last three months in and about with the boys winding him up. So he'll have uh, kept himself fit doing that. But um, yeah, I think he's a joker up the sleeve for Derek to... If they can get to nil nil with half an hour to go, that they've got Lafferty to bring on. Yeah, and the, yep. the boy Scott Robinson as well. I, I I knew Scott from the time when I was at Livingston. Did you coach uh, him then? In, well, he yeah. was with David Opkin, and he, yeah. he was a, he's got great talent. I think we got to the playoffs, and he scored a couple of goals away at Dundee United. Um, and when he's on song again, I thought he couldn't quite get himself into the game at the weekend. He played off the big striker, um, and that's the way they'll play. They got power in the middle of the park. Um, you know, he gets about, he ruffles a few feathers, you know, in the middle there. And uh, they play with three big centre-halves. And, and as Stephen's right, if if they can go and, you know, go and uh, get a few set pieces and get good delivery into the box, they can cause problems. Like it wasn't an easy game for Celtic at the weekend against Kilmarnock. But they came so close in the second half. You mentioned, you know, it could have been four. The way they played in the second half, they, they broke them down. But the bar, the post, saved Kelly. John just mentioned Scott Robinson. I, I actually was watching sports scene, uh, obviously the game at the same time, watching sports scene. From the kickoff, Kilmarnock obviously played the kickoff. Scott Robinson runs straight for Callum McGregor. They're not going to apologise for how they're going to go about yeah. it on Saturday. They're going to make life difficult for yeah. Celtic. And obviously a cup semi-final, if they can get a corner, if they can find their way into the lead, then they're not going to be easy to break down. You do wonder, you know, on the big pitch, Abada, Jota, Forrest, you know, the the the, 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 the class that Celtic have, um, you know, unbeaten in 14, last 14 games. And the one defeat before that was obviously St Mirren. They went on a, an unbelievable run before that defeat. Um, and you just wonder in terms of keeping the ball and moving it around, and if Celtic get ahead, the the problem always is when you play against Celtic Rangers, when they go ahead, then you have to come out and take a few risks to get yeah. back into the game. If that was to happen, then it'll be an easy afternoon for Celtic. But if Kilmarnock can defend strongly, they're renowned for their strength at the back, the three big centre-halves, um, you know, great in both boxes for Derek. 
you know, so it'll it'll be an, mm. you know it'll be an interesting game to see how how this first half an hour really pans out, Paul. That's always an important time in the game. Could you imagine? And we're obviously the voice of Glasgow in the West here, but could you imagine if it ends up Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Derek McInnes up against his old team? Well, Ange Postecoglou and the Celtic fans, Michael Bale and the Rangers legions wouldn't want to see that, of course. It's unlikely, but you never know in cup football. Let's turn to Rangers just now. Rangers against Aberdeen. Here's what Michael Beale said after the 2-0 win at the weekend. Of course, yeah, because we know in the league we, we all we can do is keep winning and it's going to be down to something happening elsewhere. If it doesn't happen, we have to keep winning anyway and, and the cup competitions take on a big importance right now because the next game is obviously Aberdeen at Hamden. It's a it's a great game for both clubs, but it's, it's a game to win. And he's speaking about the momentum. Well, it was, it was the best way to prepare for, for an important semi-final next week and we've got a difficult month coming up. So we seem to have started the month well. Uh, I'm not going to get too carried away. I want the team to show consistency over 10, 15, 20 games. But we certainly started off well and we'll take confidence again from today. There are some areas we need to work on, it's clear to see. But in the main, we're a team moving in the right direction. If anything, that that's anything to go by. Stephen, what are you seeing about Rangers, the difference now under Michael Beale? Um, first and foremost on Saturday I was pleased that Sakala got um, the praise after the game so I think it's been noticeable obviously get a bit of praise after the Celtic game but just his enthusiasm his hunger you know he's obviously he's not got the class the quality of a Ryan Kent sometimes in the, I thought in the first half he's got to do better and it's a certain goal but he's just got he never stops he, every lost cause and I thought I thought Rangers struggled at times in the first half then really never got going I thought Dundee United played well but Sakala just almost grabs his Game of the scruff of the neck. I mean, the goal's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. In one hand, in the first half, you think, how has he not set up a goal there? And then flicks up his right foot and with his bad foot, he scores an absolute worldie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but delighted. It's just sometimes, I mean, every player on the team doesn't need to be the best player uh, in this in the squad. I mean, sometimes someone like Maeda does it for Celtic. Just mm-hmm. that hunger and enthusiasm that you can bring on the rest of the team. It was a bit like... Um, Maeda's goal the other week as well, contender for goal of the season. So is Sakala. I know they were different, but it reminded me of it a little bit. John, you saw the technique. He just he touched it once and then brilliant bang. Finish, and then a brilliant finish. Yeah. Brilliant. He almost set it up with his right foot. And yeah. the technique, he cut, you know, he he hits it with his left foot, sort of into the into the roof of the net from a tight angle. Yeah. It was a wonderful piece of skill. It really, really was. Sorry, it's Celtic. Um, Kilmarnock Saturday I said it was Sunday yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. actually doing the game Paul I know it's <laughs> so fine I, I was remind just, myself yeah. <laughs> I don't turn up for the wrong game yeah. but uh, no again the Rangers have um, have done what um, Michael Beale has asked them to they've won every game apart from obviously the, the Celtic game where Celtic got the late equaliser um, and he can't ask any more of his players they're giving him everything right now they're going to they're gonna have to need that to keep that up for the remainder of the season, and and look to um, look to take advantage of of anything, any slip ups that Celtic have, and of course there's still more two more games to come. Derby plenty, games. yep, plenty on the go in the next two hours. Go Radio Football Show, John Hartson, Paul Cooney, and Stephen McGinn. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. Thank you, Chris, for the traffic and travel. Really busy tonight. The weather not too good as well. So stay tuned to the Go Radio Football Show. We'll keep you right up to date. We're here with Macklin Motors, John Hartson, one of Wales's greatest ever strikers and one of Celtic's greatest strikers. And John McGinn, a terrific defender and the captain of Falkirk. Win for you at the weekend, Stephen. So it's a, it's a big one for you to stay in there, stay in touch. I see Dunfermline won. 
yeah, uh, we can only control what we do and uh, yeah, built up a couple of wins now in a row. So just, it's, it's that time of season, second half of the season, we just need to con- take control of your business, keep churning out wins and then see where we get to. Stephen, are, yep. you, are you where you want to be and John McGlynn is, you know, in terms of at the start of the season, what, what was the, you know, in terms of expectations, are you right at where you should be? Are you punching above your weight? Are you ahead of... You know, mm. where no, we're, 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 I mean, Dunfermline and Falkirk have a big rivalry. Mm. and um, But John McGlynn took over in the summer and Falkirk for the last couple of years, it's, they've really underperformed. So part of the part of the remit is kind of turn around the ship, get it going again. Um, we've had some real highs. I mean, we beat Hibs in the League Cup section. Um, so had some real good performances and the manager's style's really coming into it. But like anything, you're compared to your rivals and currently we're seven points behind Dunfermline, which is not where we want to be. And all we can do is try and eat, eat into that gap and, and see where we get to be the, before the end of the season. Stephen, I was thinking there about cup shocks and I was going to ask you for Villa the other night, that's what I was thinking about coming out of the break, and for John and the team, late, late goal against them and it was the headline yesterday, out of the cup. Yeah, I mean, a disaster wasn't on telly, so you, you're just thinking about, I mean, the draw gets made before the game and you're thinking, a way to Stoke, another good opportunity for the club and it goes to one each with a penalty and you're thinking, right, just down to 10 men, get it back down to Hertfordshire for the replay and, and, and take care of business and then my teammate from last year scores the winner, Dean Campbell. Um, so great for him on a personal level but uh, yeah, John was sick to his stomach. Uh, being injured, not being able to play and be out there and help the boys. But great for Dean Campbell, sorry, on loan from Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, and he's had a stop-start couple of years and he's took the plunge to go down to England and really get his career going again so what a moment for him and his family. Steve Evans as well, wasn't it? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, you'll know him well. What a character. Yeah. Character. Yeah, but he, he does well everywhere he goes. Yeah. You know, he's got something, hasn't he? He got a bonus, didn't he? The, the chairman gave him a Bentley. You know that? He's, he's, yeah, he gave him a Bentley Steve, as a bonus. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's a massive, yeah. he loves his football and obviously had several managerial jobs. But, yeah. but um, no, he's got something to take his team there, you know, um, and to beat Villa the way they did like that, that's that's pretty good. Magnificent result for them. John says he met him in the tunnel. Uh-huh. Blunt as, as always with Steve. And he says, thank F you're not playing today, son. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine he would be. I've never met him, but what a character he yeah, is. He Arsenal, good, I've, I've never yeah. met him, but he seems a good character. Your old club, John, winning last night, because everyone's yeah. looking for another shock at Oxford. It wasn't to be. Kieran Tierney was on uh, from the start last night. Yeah, he started, yeah. but he came off, didn't he, yeah. then? Um, but no, Arsenal, you know, um, they've got some good young players. Now I thought the front three, um, you know, uh, Saka, Martinelli and uh, Inketia. Inketia. Um, yes, you know, of the goals. Although yeah. he changed, it was interesting because he changed the back four. He changed the midfield, but he wanted to keep some big hitters on just in case it went a little bit array for them. Um, but Arsenal now, they're, they're winning games. They, they play magnificent football. And they go to um, they go to Man City away. I know, the, the biggest two at the moment. Yeah. yeah. But the way they're playing, yeah. you know, I don't think they'll fear anybody at the minute. Man City is your toughest fixture, by the way. That is your toughest game that you could possibly had. The way they dismantled Chelsea as well at the weekend. Um, but I think Arsenal, the way they're playing, I don't think they'd be fearful of anybody. Some of the other headlines today. So the Sunderland legend, Kevin Phillips, has urged the Scotland striker Ross Stewart to ignore speculation linking him with Rangers and sign a new deal at the Stadium of Light. Stephen, he has done so well since moving from Ross County, hasn't he? Yeah, amazing. Um, and no wonder, uh, mm-hmm. if you get Sunderland hat on, I mean, 
Ross Stewart's only four goals behind the top goal scorer in the league and he's missed half the season nine goals in 11 games and he's their talisman they've already lost obviously Ellis Sims went back yep. to Everton so it would just be a hammer blow for Sunderland if they, if they lost Ross Stewart as well How would he fit in at Rangers do you think if he does come? Well I, I mean I'm, we signed um, Ross Stewart at St Mern from Albion Rovers and um, he was a quiet big guy mm-hmm. um, at times showed real potential and at the same time he's quite clumsy scored a very important goal for us in our league winning campaign but he took the decision to drop down the league after we won it to go back to Ross County and he became their main man and it really kicked him on and he's not looked back since he went down to Sunderland he's amazing what he's achieved down there and at only 26 he's got so much more to go and Rangers you know he's from up here um, an Ayrshire boy I think he'd be obviously jump at the chance but as I said, the goals he scored down suddenly he's not going to be cheap. No, it won't be cheap, would it, John? Ross Stewart could be a good good addition. The Rangers fans will be wondering what's going to happen. Morellas, you know, came on, made a difference, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, for Rangers. Well, I think he's he's similar, and he he'd be similar to Cholak. You know, he's big number nine, um, target man, great in the air, great peeling away, uh, heading things back across the goal, um, and and it's amazing his rise that at Ross County. He was okay. Mm. He was okay, you know, but he wasn't like a standout in the league you'd look at and think, goes down to Sunderland, someone's obviously put their arm around him. Mm. He's you give him great confidence and he's excelled. He's he's got better and better. And now he's put himself in the shop window, as Stephen said, with his goals. Um and I think there'll be other clubs, not just Rangers and, you know, Sunderland that want to keep him on. But it it is it is incredible when you think that, that somebody can just move to a club. And and his um his rise in terms of his his profile as well is is unbelievable. And how can't you do it at one club and they go to another club? It's, mm. sometimes it's just maybe a player, maybe yep. the manager just gives you the confidence. Because I always play better when I when I like the manager and I yeah. got on with certain managers. Yeah, was there a moment when you became because you must have been a raw young talent, yeah, big striker, but you were learning your trade. Was there somebody that put an arm around you and? George well, it was Mark Hughes with the Welsh yeah, team. When Sparky yeah. became my manager with Wales, I, I looked up to Mark. You know, I had pictures of Mark Hughes on my bedroom wall. Yeah. He's my hero. Yeah. Rush Saunders, you know, yeah. the strikers that, that Wales have had. And all of a sudden, when Mark Hughes is my manager and Sparky's telling me, look, John, back in, do this. Yeah. Don't be too aggressive. Don't be giving fouls away, needless fouls. I'm thinking, Mark Hughes is actually yeah. telling me what mm. to do. It's, it, it, and, and all of a sudden then... That gives you great confidence, you know, and uh, and obviously something like that would would have happened with uh, with with uh, with with Ross Stewart. Um, he's obviously been given great confidence, and 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 he's listened to it, and he's he's getting better and better. Cholak was back on Sunday for Rangers, but came off after. Well, let's see what the manager said. Just felt a problem in uh, the lower part of his uh, of his calf, so the top of his Achilles area. It's a different injury, so it's really frustrating for him. He can't catch a break at the minute. We don't think it's anything major. But we didn't want to take the risk in the second half. I thought Alfredo come on and did really well. He, he, he knitted the game together well. And as I say, I thought we scored two really, really good goals. Stephen, what do you think on Morelos? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, Morelos is playing for a manager that trusts him. Um, he's got money in the bank with him. They've been successful together before. Um, I, I did feel a bit for Cholak. I mean, the one we spoke about with Sakala, when you think he only needs to cut that back and Chikala, uh, Cholak's got his goal and he, on his return. And then... He picks up an injury, so unfortunate for him. But I did. I, I don't just think it was Morelos. I think Rangers did get a bit kick up the backside at halftime. They did come out and and they were more like themselves. They, they got after the game, as I said, with Sakala leading it, and 
uh, it was an all-round much better performance. Here's Michael Beale speaking about Sakala. At half-time, I had to say to him, don't complicate it. And a couple of times, he was a bit frustrated. He was taking it too close to people. He's that fast that he just needs to uh, get things done quickly. And it, it's a great finish. He, he sort of sets it up for himself on the volley. And I'm pleased with Malik as well, getting in the, in the box and scoring the second goal. Again, uh, James Tavernier passing and running. And uh, the ricochet comes to uh, Malik and he finishes well. And it was a great start to the second half. And after that, I thought we were very comfortable we was able to manage the time well in the game and get the clean sheet. And so I'm pleased with that. It's, it's three away wins at difficult places. And uh, that's a sign of progress, I think. Rangers fans, who would you play this weekend in the Cup semi-final with Aberdeen? And who's your goalkeeper? John McLaughlin came back uh, for the first time for a couple of months on Sunday. It didn't have that much to do. Mm. But what does that say to Alan McGregor and manager Michael Beale saying that he does face stiff opposition to get the spot back John were you surprised John McLaughlin started not really I think that's the way that Rangers are going to go I think they'll 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 change the goalkeepers um, they've got two very good ones and it's, it's difficult keeping both happy because they obviously want to play Alan McGregor's got vast experience um, and I'm sure in, um, I'm sure McLaughlin would, would have learned a lot from working with McGregor and he's he's in a he's in a really good position, Michael Beale, because he can. And I think he'll give McLaughlin a run. He'll bring back McGregor, and he'll just try and keep both goalkeepers happy. Whether it's the right thing to do, because you you know you need your goalkeeper to be consistent, to make big saves every week, uh, to stay sharp. Um, but I I think that's the way it's gone. He started with they started with McLaughlin at the start of the season, didn't they? Then McGregor came in, and then McLaughlin started at the weekend. So I think that's the way they've gone. They're going to try and use both of them. Yep, GVB had John McLaughlin as his number one at the start of the season. Brian's been on the socials at Go Football Show, and he wants to ask you both: Were you did you hear Michael Beale just before the game when he said John McLaughlin was playing, and he mentioned that it would suit him, and maybe he I'm paraphrasing said coming out for the cross balls John McLaughlin it would suit him were you surprised with that Stephen what does that say about Alan McGregor um, well John McLaughlin's particularly good at coming yeah. for crosses he is and, and Rangers only took one point from the six uh, available at mm -hmm. Tannadice last season and one of the goals I remember the big boy Graham big centre half scores a header so uh, maybe he's assessed that and, and thought it's a way that Dundee United could possibly hurt Rangers and look he's gone out 2-0 John McLaughlin's come in been steady um, clean performance and a, and a good win for them I'm not a big fan of changing goalkeepers I don't even really like changing goalkeepers in cup competitions but no. that's a personal opinion mm. Um, mm. so I, I'm interested to see how it plays out you know I don't think Al McGregor will be delighted to have dropped out for uh, for just one game I think the goalie likes just playing games so I'm interested to see what happens this weekend and it's the one thing that Al McGregor doesn't do particularly well and listen I'm I, I, this is not a criticism in any way, but you know John McLaughlin probably does come for crosses. He, his decision making, Alan McGregor's let Rangers down several times coming for crosses. He's almost been nailed to to the to the floor in terms of his feet. Um, he doesn't come. He doesn't make decisions when the ball is in his, the six yard box. Several times in Europe, he's been caught out. Rangers have given goals away in the six-yard box, not defending set pieces. A lot of them goals, you could question whether Alan McGregor should make a decision. Big fist, make yourself brave, come out and fist that ball away. Doesn't do that. So maybe that's why Dundee United maybe thought Stephen Fletcher, they get a lot of balls into the box and maybe particularly that against Dundee United, that was the reason for the change. 
Daily Record this morning reporting that there's going to be a summit next week um, about the handball rule. Mm. It'll be high in the agenda. Mm. My goodness, uh, there's a lot of mileage, wasn't all, in the media the, last all week? All the best yeah. of that one. But John, I think you and Barry, you were on here live yeah. uh, when the game was on. Uh, the 2-2, two -two, mm. a week past my... It seems a while ago, doesn't it? It January does. The second, ages ago. But uh, just over a week. But I think you called it right, both of you. You and Barry, you both said, Sakala, it was a penalty with Starfelt. And you both said Goldson, ultimately, you know, he put his hands up, but it was a great save. Great save. Yeah, it, it, should, have, it should have been a penalty. <laughs> well, I, I think when you've got the former Rangers captain in there and, and they give him their opinions, listen, it's an opinion. Of course. Um, I don't yeah. want to go. I'm fed up by talking about it. But I no, knew, I, I, knew I, I napped this. I said this last season. <laughs> Every Monday, Tuesday, we are going to yeah. be going over decisions. I listened to Frank the caller the yeah. other night oh, yeah. um, I listened to Andy Walker um, you know yeah. it, it's it's. Yeah. I think this is probably needed this meeting I don't know what you're going to get out of it um, a handball is a handball now, I know you've got rules to say that it, it, you know you, you can stop the ball smacking you in the face um, you know and everything else but you know for me um it's very inconsistent. It That's really, it. really is. And other teams as well, not just Celtic Rangers. This is no. happening up and down the country. Sure. You know, it's it's not just about Celtic Rangers. There's you know, there's there's ten other teams in the Scottish Premiership, you know. So for me, um it's very, very inconsistent. It needs to be cleared up. Um I don't think VAR's helped at all. If anything, I think it's confused a lot a lot of people. What's given, what is not given, what's legally a handball, what's not a handball. If you're blocking your face, it's not a penalty. If they're in an unnatural position, it's a penalty. If what is a natural position? Is a natural position hands by the side? Is it hands is it hands up slightly? John, that's it. There's far it, too much confusion. Oh, it's you're confusion. Right. I'm not too sure. Yeah. No disrespect. I know this, the, the FA and the SPFA are paying yeah. a lot of money for this VAR. Yeah. And we're all thinking, you know, right, this is going to improve the game. There's going to be proper decisions made for all parties, for Celtic Colts, for Rangers Colts, for Kilmarnock Colts. Yeah. And it's just confused everything because all we're talking about now is VAR, what should have been, what shouldn't have been. This was always going to be the way. This was all we've had. We've had managers call it out. We've mm. had players. You know, that's... and it's, I think it's just... It's been... Conf so I'm, I'm glad this is going ahead. Yeah, to get clarification so if we can. we can get some yeah. sort of clarity mm. on what actually is everybody now going to abide by. Stephen, you're still playing the game. OK, you're not in VAR world at the moment. What do you think on it? It's tough for defenders, I would have thought, and for referees. I think John's spot on. Yeah. Um, I think there's a confusion. I think... I mean, before VAR, you could probably go through a season, there's maybe four or five penalties given for handball. And, and most of them are probably handballs in the line, saves, red cards. When I watched the Dundee United Rangers game on Sunday, I didn't think penalty in real time for Conor Goldson. Mm -hmm. I just think the game would pass by. Without VAR, you don't go back to look at it. Yeah. The, the game totally goes on. With VAR, you, you're showing it in slow motion. How can you argue against that being a penalty? The ball's not changed flight. It's game. Conor Goldson's not looking at the, the ball. It strikes his arm. I think penalty. Mm. And that's where the confusion comes from because without VAR, we probably never get shown that clip yeah. again. Yeah, I think well, it's, didn't. I think the word we're looking sure. for is more highlighted now. Mm -hmm. It's highlighted yeah. more now than ever. Even the small little ones where, you know, when it was no VAR, it would just the game would just move on. And maybe yeah. might, might not even see a replay, but still we get in the 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 close-ups, mm -hmm. and the calls are still not. 
And I just think it just causes a whole furore and a big uh, massive... The law's wrong, isn't it? It's, it's fundamentally flawed. So you think the way it came off Goldson, even though he didn't do it on purpose, by the letter of the law just now, it should have been a penalty. I, I didn't think that watching it back. I, I just I just think, I'm trying to put myself in his yeah. shoes, you're, you're worrying about marking and it's yeah. hit your hand, you're almost thinking, oh no, this goes to VR, it strikes my hand. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think that's what you're thinking and... I, d- I, d- I didn't think penalty in real time I think it moves on but I would like some sort of communicate. I-, I would like as a TV viewer or so, I-, I would like to hear the communication between mm, the ref like and, rugby and, and, yeah I-, I do I'd like to see how they make come to the decision not to go to the monitor and do you know what it would do as well it would keep the fans involved wouldn't it because yeah. you know they're standing there it's freezing or whatever and then there's no communication yeah, yeah. and I-, I think as well the words that Barry come out with um on the show with us me and Barry both did the game from here you were on fire and sometimes sometimes as well yeah. you get away with one mm. and Barry's words were Rangers have got away with one there yeah. and and Connor Goldson's thinking I'm, think, I'm sure this is what he's thinking that if he's listening to the show or if anybody tells him his pals or mm. somebody from Rangers a fan he's put his hands up yeah. and I know he's walking away thinking oh can't buy this penalty mm. I need a decision here I need a decision to go my way. And it's gone his way. Yeah. Maybe next week Celtic will get one. You know, they, they'll play at the weekend and, yeah, and some Starfelt will handball yeah. something and, and maybe they'll get away with it. Yeah. And at this moment in time, it's all it's all guessing mm-hmm. games. We're all thinking, oh, we need to get away. We need, to, we need clarity on what is handball and what is not handball. 0808 17 17 700, John Hartson and Stephen McGinn. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney, Stephen McGinn and John Hartson. Calls coming in 0808 17 17 700, and you can join the conversation at Go football show on the socials uh, we were hearing from Michael Beale a few moments ago let's hear from Ange Postacoglu Celtic winning again at the weekend it's a remarkable run just that defeat at St Mirren well many months ago for Celtic nine points clear and real competition for the starting 11 oh look it's just um, part of being a, bit, a big club you know we Constantly looking to improve the squad, make the squad stronger. Stronger, um, and to be fair, I don't think the players. I think the players want that. You know, they, they want to be successful. And they know to be successful. They need. Uh, you know, as long as we're bringing players <coughs> through the door who are going to add to what we're doing. You know, the rest of the group embrace that, and um, that yeah, it provides competition. It provides really good training levels, and 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 you know, keeps everyone on their toes, and and that's the way you get the best performance. Um, and the, and the players understand that they've embraced that all along, and uh, <coughs> you know, Tomoki is just the latest addition to that. Stephen, where are we? The 10th of January, three weeks to go in the transfer window. Not too much concrete has happened. Celtic have done some early business. How do you feel Celtic will look by the end of the month in terms of more coming in and those going out? Well, I think they've already done... Uh, obviously, brought three players in. Yeah. Obviously, Juranovic's replacement's already in the building. They've got the left-sided centre-half. I saw the, the, the rumours today about Stephen Welsh heading out for uh, some regular football which would be good for him he needs it doesn't he Stephen Welsh yeah he's at a stage now 22 he's um, obviously played a lot of games at Celtic I'm sure he dreamed of playing for Celtic um, all his days but to get the regular football I mean his competition right now is uh, my Celtic player of the year so far Carter Vickers I mean no disgrace to not break into the team ahead of him um, and then it'll be interesting to see where Tomoki Iwata uh, fits in you know um, I think he plays a defensive midfielder but also with an equally tricky uh, task trying to get Callum McGregor out of that position <laughs> good luck with that one yeah, yeah I, I, all the best it was yeah. probably the one position in the team but yeah uh, yeah, I, th- I would I would 
just think one more one more striker if Giacomakis is to head out the building and what are you thinking of Gui Sung Cho they're now saying a £3 million offer from Celtic that's reported on Sky well I think in terms of the, the way Andrew's done business since in his time at Celtic it's not like him it's not like the, the rumour to drag on for weeks um, I think a lot of the business has been done pretty swiftly uh, I think remember the Kyogo I think everyone the country woke up to the Kyogo signing um, mm. So it, it's dragged on longer than a usual one, which means he's either there's either no truth in it or he really wants him. And I think Ange made a great point earlier on. It's when you make quality new signings, it keeps everybody on their toes. You know, people are thinking like Turnbull. Now Turnbull, what, 14 goals last season? Can't start the game. It's very difficult now. You've got O'Reilly, uh, McGregor and um, Hitati. You know, it's hard to get into Celtic's team. You have to train well. When you do play, you, you've got to be right up to speed. Um, and I think what, what Ange is trying to do is just looking at the outset. He doesn't just want to bring in players just to add numbers. He wants to bring in players that can potentially go straight into the team. Yeah. And they've got to be arguably as good or if better than the ones he's got. And he, he also has the, the hardest thing for me... It's a lot easier bringing players to the football club than getting players out of the door. Because people don't, players are on great money at Celtic. They know they might not get as much elsewhere. They won't get the, they won't get the adulation. They won't get to play in front of 60,000 fans every week. You know, they, they, can, they can walk down the street in Leicester. They can't walk down the street in Glasgow without, without adulation. People asking them for their autographs and people coming on to them and... People like that, you know, they miss that side of their life when they leave Celtic. That's what that's what you're leaving. So I think Farange is spot on because um you want to bring players in that, that will that will go straight in and to keep players on their toes. And it's great around the training ground when new players come in. The level of the training sort of lifts. Everybody wants to, you know, impress the new sign in and, and all things like this. So I think he's getting it absolutely right on, on, on many levels at the minute. And you were at Celtic under Martin O'Neill with uh, Henrik Larsson, Chris Sutton, John Hartson. How did he manage to keep the three of you happy? Playing us all. Yeah. <laughs> Finding a position for yeah. us all to play. And, and Chris I mentioned back I've, a bit. I've yeah. mentioned it before. Chris yeah. was very versatile. Chris's best position was to centre forward. Mm. There's 100%, no doubt about that. Chris won a golden boot with Alan Shearer. Won the Premier League. Mm. You know, but Chris was willing. Uh, he wanted to be a team player, if you like, and he went into midfield and he was very good in midfield. He was fantastic at the back. But if it wasn't for Chris's allowance and, and his versatility, then there might have been problems. Mm -hmm. You know, I might have had to leave or one of the other guys was thinking, you know, but they'd won the treble the year before as well. So I had a really tough job in getting in the side. But once I got in, Paul, I never came out. And Martin always said, with the three of you in the team, we obviously have three quality players and the chances of winning are obviously of a, of a higher percentage when I've got two out of three, you know, or sometimes even one out of the three if there was injuries. But if I can get all three of you in the one team and, and, and actually get you in positions where you can all be effective, then it's obviously beneficial for the football club. And Stephen, look at Hatati playing right back a couple of games there a couple of games ago as well. You know, so talented um, and versatile. And I guess it's part of the trick of being a great manager is keeping the squad happy and motivated. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think Matt O'Reilly, I mean, what a success he's been. How, and he just steps below that level a little bit and Aaron Moy comes in and takes his place. And I think that's... Well, 
it's a key to, to the success of that team I think if you dip below your levels at all I mean Jota only playing 15 minutes at Ibrox that would have been unthinkable before the World yeah. Cup uh, and you go to Ibrox and arguably your best attacker only plays the last 15 minutes so I think that's the way Ange manages I think he I think he keeps everyone on their toes um, I mean it's a nightmare in here trying to guess his team every week it's an absolute <laughs> nightmare we always get it wrong <laughs> I know yeah. we do um, Jota you mentioned well the manager spoke about him yesterday yeah look he's, he's been through a bit of a rough trot physically more than anything else so, you know he had a little bit of an injury and then um, yeah, he's one of the ones that got hit by the bug you know, a week or so ago and you know you know, he's, he's going to work his way back, but, um, you know, his quality's there and he's working hard at training. It's just a matter of getting him some game time now, getting some rhythm, you know, he scored a good goal. And I thought, again, I thought in the second half, you know, he was, he was really bright. He put a couple of brilliant balls in and, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be stronger for that performance. John, what do you think about that? What are you thinking? Well, players want to play all the time, even if they're carrying a few injuries. Players always want to play. And this is when the management and the, the sports science, they have to step in and say, look, we need to freshen it up. You need you 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 know you're looking a little bit sluggish. Mm-hmm. You need fresh legs because when Celtic play and when they're on song and they're passing the ball and they're going forward and they're pressing high and it's high tempo, um, everybody's got to be at it. We can't carry players. That's that's what Ange wants. So basically, probably to, to Jota's um, disappointment, Ange has to say, "Look, son, you need a rest. I can see it in your play." All of a sudden. He has a couple of games off or whatever. Next thing, he goes in, he scores a brilliant goal at the weekend on 45 minutes, gets across. Maeda does brilliant, breaks through, cross, and it's a really, really good finish. He was, if if Jota didn't put it in, I think Kyogo was in the position maybe to put it in as well. But um, you've got to manage the squad. You've got to manage positions because when you're scoring in particular, you never want to come out of the team because you wouldn't be doing an awful lot of training now at this stage. You'd be taking over... It would all be about sort of games and keeping yourself fit, you know, keeping yourself um, away from any injuries, stretching and all this stuff. The guys are superbly fit these days, Paul. Yeah. You know, so it's all about playing games and, you know, you want to you want to be in that starting 11. It was always about playing for me. I hated being sub. Hated Did being, you? Yeah. Hated Were being you grumpy? Yeah, but you want to yeah. play. You want to be sure. a part of it. You want to take part. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel the same when you when your team win and you haven't you haven't sort of played a role in that. Now I know people say the subs are important. You have got to keep subs happy. Yes, because at Celtic yeah. in particular, Ange is a little bit different to Martin. Ange will pile on three or four subs because yeah. how, how difficult it is to play in Ange's team with that high press and the energy levels it takes from the boys. But with Martin, he might he might have tinkered it a little bit. Might have just brought off. A right back for a, you know, and then maybe I'd come off, and you know somebody else, Sean Maloney or something, or Beats yeah. would come on. Um, but with Ange, the the sixteen is very very mm-hmm. important because the subs seem to play a huge role latterly in games under Ange. That that's how we manage. Who was Beats? Was that Craig Beatty? Craig Beatty, yeah, sorry, yeah. no, no, Beatty. just uh, for those Stephen. And of course now though subs, it's more important than ever because especially the way Ange yeah. would do it, triple substitution. Michael Beale does that as well, doesn't he? Two or three at a time. Yeah, just while John was speaking there, I was thinking about of uh, Ryan Kent and yeah. at times he suffered from never. I mean, he did dip below his levels at the start of the season, and there was nobody to drop him for. He was so Rangers rely on him so heavily that. When, as I say, Jota's uh, dips below the standards, he, he drops out and he's at the sides thinking, I can't believe he's not playing me here. And Ryan Kent's suffered at that time because they've not got a like for like. And 
I think that's where the that's why Celtic are sitting nine points clear. Just that's extra strength and depth. So we'll talk Rangers in the transfer market just after the news. But Stephen, you think most of the business probably done for Celtic on the way in. Um, but probably Stephen Welsh going on loan probably and maybe one or two others. Well, obviously the transfer of Gikamakis looks like it. Juranovic has gone quiet for a few days, um, but you think he would go? I would think so, yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, Alistair Johnson's came in and looked as if he's been here all season. And um, I think that's an advantage Celtic have of getting Alistair Johnson in quickly. I mean, Juranovic is very quickly going to be looking and thinking, I'm still here and I'm a sub. I've just had a brilliant World Cup and... I can't stay the Croatia starting right back if I'm if I'm not playing regular football. Maeda, Southampton. Maybe we'll talk about that in the next hour as well. John Hartson, Paul Cooney, and Stephen McGinn. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors and we're looking forward to the breakfast show tomorrow. Crofty and Grado. Just felt a yep, problem. We'll in, hear from Michael Beale in just a few moments. And we'll uh, we hear from uh, Ange Postacoglu too on the programme. And we're looking forward to the games at the weekend. It's the League Cup, the Viaplay Cup as it now is. It was the Premier Sports Cup. They've uh, been taken over by Viaplay and that's this weekend. Yeah, tomorrow morning, Crofty and Grado. First of all, it's a great game of footy, mate. Uh, this is a hard place to come, so, you know, but uh, we look at it and, uh, you know, it's three points and that's the main thing, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Stephen, yeah. you heard that on the breakfast show, that's Grady, of course, doing an impression of Michael Beale. <laughs> no, <laughs> Excellent, a really good guy. He's, he's nailed that one. He speaks well, Ange, doesn't he? John, yeah, indeed, I hope Ange is uh, <laughs> listening, a bit of fun there. Yeah, a bit we'll, of fun. We'll get somebody who can do Michael Beale, maybe do all the managers as well. I think you've we'll got ten minutes though, won't it, if you yeah. want to get Michael Beale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a real cockney, isn't he? He's a real geezer. Talk yeah. for fun. Yeah, indeed. That's good coming from you, John, as well, mm. which is great. Yeah. We've got John Hartson with us. You can talk to him by calling 0808 17 17 700. I thought it was Ange when I heard it. So. Our, our John used to do a brilliant uh, impersonation of Neil Lennon when he was at Hibs and Lenny was uh, the Hibs manager yeah. and he was uh, always too scared to do it. But then uh, after the... Uh, had a successful season he asked to hear it and he found it quite funny funny yeah any mimics in your dressing rooms John over the years oh, I don't could, know Tom yeah. could do them all yeah. I mean listen to Dean Aaron Saunders Thompson. Dean, uh-huh. Dean's brilliant Dean can do Clough and all of them what a character yeah. Dean Saunders funny funny man He's terrific isn't he yeah you can talk to John and you can talk to Stephen here on the Go Radio Football Show we're looking forward to the games this weekend some of the headlines well the refs for this weekend for the big two games for the cup semi-finals the Celtic Kelly game is Willie Collum and then Greg Aitken on VAR let's hope we're not talking VAR and Nick Walsh is in charge of Rangers Aberdeen and Alan Muir on VAR duty Derek McInnes today insists Cal Lafferty is bursting to play against Celtic after serving his lengthy ban and Stephen you were telling us he played today in the reserves yeah yeah, in the yeah, under- yeah so yeah. Obviously, during his 10-game ban, he wasn't allowed to play any football whatsoever. So, tricky, tricky period to negotiate for um, the fitness coach and, and Kyle himself. But um, I'm sure the adrenaline of a, a semi-final against Celtic at Hamden will allow him to get through the 20, 25 minutes I expect him to play. Yep, some of the other headlines then. Sunderland legend Kevin Phillips is telling the Sunderland star, Ross Stewart, don't go to Glasgow, don't go to Ibrox, stay with Sunderland. But he's a, he is a Sunderland legend, you can imagine. There's going to be a summit next week, according to the record, that 
the handball the handball rule is going to be maybe I was right the first time handball rule is going to be discussed reports suggesting that Celtic are willing to offers for Stephen Welsh maybe to go out permanently or on loan and Gwe Sung Cho South Korean star could be on his way to Celtic there's a £3 million bid in according to Sky it's that time of the year isn't it where the countdown's on for the January window yeah. there'll be loads and everybody's got a price, Paul. Yeah. Everybody got a price. Nothing surprises me in football anymore. You know, Celtic and Rangers are selling clubs mm. simply because of the financial restraints that we're working with here up in Scotland. You don't get the millions for TV rights and, and the Sky money and everything else. And yeah, you get Sky, you get someone in Sky have come in and, and took over. They got the contract for mm. another three or four years, I believe. But in terms of what they get, down in England, you know, the, the money and the TV rights and everything else. And that's where that's why they can go big and buy players. And so every player's for sale. Nothing would surprise me. Any bid for a player, you saw Kieran move on, you yeah. saw Callum Bassey move on to Ajax from Rangers. Anybody can go. Nothing would surprise me in football. You're talking about Maeda, look how mm. good Maeda's done. Mm. If the right money comes in for Maeda, Celtic will say to Ange, look, we paid two million for him or whatever it was. We took him on loan initially. If we get 10 million, it's a no-brainer. They'll sell him. That's the way it works. And Southampton, you know, who could well go down, Stephen? Yeah, I, I could see why they, they're looking at Dyson Maida and, and what he'll offer them and that work rate and what he offered Japan in the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, so I can see why. But every transfer window now, it just seems to be a sobering reminder of where we are in the food chain. It comes yeah. I saw before the show that Chelsea are potentially going to sign Joao Felix for 11 million on the loan deal yeah. just until the end of the season. I mean, that is just crazy money. Go back to Juranovic. Last week, mm. we were seeing 20 million on the show. It's gone quite, One of the best yeah. right-backs, Hakimi, who plays for PSG, who can Moroccan, he was fantastic at PSG, probably on about £150,000 a week, the Moroccan right-back. Yeah. you got Juranovic, who was equally as good for Croatia, talking seven million. It's unbelievable. I, I don't know what the structure is of the deal. Mm -hmm. I am, I, I'm not really party to that. Agents fees and what Celtic, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's but a huge gulf. I would have thought at least, you know, double that. At least seven million. I'm shocked. I've listened to some of the, the comments on social media. Celtic fans can't believe it. Agree. I agree. We thought that with you know the Kieran Tierney twenty five million, the Calvin Bassey twenty two million, much better. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You know, more it's like really it. weird. It's frustrating as well because you see, I mean, uh, Josh Doig uh, for Verona last night, brilliant run yeah. and assist, and these clubs are able to come to this country and uh, pick our young players up for next to nothing. I mean, it, it's great to see these boys going to do well, but I mean. Juranovic plays for it in any other country in Europe and does what he did for Croatia. It's a lot more than seven million they get. You've played against this man, I'm going to ask you, and John, one of the great strikers. What about Kevin Nisbet? How much is he worth? And should Rangers or Celtic go in for him? Well, they'll they'll probably um not pay an awful lot of money for him. Nisbet, very good striker, scored goals, you know, at this level. Um, I like his movement, his finish, he's a great finisher. Um, Great hat trick, wasn't it, at the weekend? Fantastic yeah. hat trick. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a case of, you know, are, are his team in need of money? Uh, how, how much are they willing to pay? Would he want to stay in Scotland? Would he chance his arm down south where he'd probably get bigger wages? Mm -hmm. But we, he would have to uproot his family and everything else. So all these things, you know, play a part when, when a player moves on. Stephen, what do you think, Kevin Nisbet? 
Yeah, well, his hat tricks. Uh, that's him at his best. That's. Uh, I mean, the third one, he just takes it. He makes it look so easy. Um, I was I was at Hibs at the, the transfer window when he felt he's moved to Birmingham, fell through, and I know how close it was, and I know I knew some of the figures involved, and I knew how disappointed he was. Off the back of that, he has a serious knee injury, and um, spoke to a few people in at Hibs, and they said that he worked really hard and he came back in really good condition. And I think you only need to see he's, he's had his rewards. Uh, Took his goal at Ibrooks really well. And then his hat trick on the telly, he, he brings him back into focus and he gets people talking about him again. Could you see him going to Rangers? I think he's a natural finisher. I, I don't expect him to go to Rangers this window. Um, I don't think it'll be an easy transfer from Hibs to Rangers. I'm, I'm sure Hibs won't be happy to lose him to, to Rangers. But he definitely, a fully fit and, and firing Kevin Nisbet enters it, those rumours. Throw in a few more names. I'll come. I want to ask you about Motherwell because Stephen Reside was on last night, big Motherwell fan, and he was at the game. I think you were at the game, weren't you, at the weekend? Or you were going felt to go over to the Motherwell? Tricky yeah. night with the kids, so oh, it fell cool. through. I yeah. just watched it on the TV. But that, that was that was Motherwell. That was Motherwell season in a game. Um, lost cheap goals. Um, dominated a lot of the game. I thought I thought they were excellent in the second half. And um, just when you think they're getting back into the game, they lost. I mean that third goal is brilliant play from Ryan Portis who I thought was outstanding on the day um, really clever quick free kick um, and it took the, the, the wind out of Motherwell's sails so another disappointing one and a huge game for them this weekend Aidan McGeady back um, starting again after that injury he, he looked terrific yeah really sharp I mean directly against Paul obviously yep. um, and he gave Paul a, a tough time at times you know, he, I mean when he turns up like that he can go either way really sharp uh, ball in for the first goal was excellent but um, yeah, it's it's good to see him back because he's he's since he came into Hibs he's not played as much football as he as he can. But Aid McGee like that, I mean, he, he's a real asset for Hibs. Certainly, as you know him well, John. Obviously, I know him very <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, you know, he's played a lot of ball. Yeah, he's much travelled. Is yeah. he? Went, you know, he was flying at Celtic and then he went to I think he went to Russia. Was it ten million? That was the fee. Um, did okay mm-hmm. in I think was it Spartak Moscow somewhere like that he went. And then he came back, uh, Sunderland yeah. did okay again, but Aiden's all about trickery yeah. and, and delivering for his forwards. That, that, that's what it's all about. When he came in as a young boy, I think one of his first games was against AC Milan. He was up against Maldini and, you know, he didn't look out of place. He looked as if he was ready for the man's game. Martin, it was, who gave him his debut. Um, he used to frustrate me at time, Aiden, because he, he, yeah. he'd, when I was ready, to, he wanted... He, I wanted to put the ball in the box because we'd made our runs and then he'd chop back and then he'd chop back and all of a sudden <laughs> pull him one or twice you know in the dressing room saying for goodness sake I've made a run put the ball in the box because he's so clever yeah. and, and he used to like to maybe show off a little bit mm-hmm. rather than just being more direct and just make your striker a goal but he was that talented he's a, he's a fantastic talent and I'm delighted now he, he's showcasing his, he had a bad injury when he first came yeah. to Hibs he's had mm-hmm. to be patient but I, I, I'm, you know, it won't be long before he's starring in the hip shirt because he, he's a talented player. Yeah, he joined us on the show a few months ago just after the injury. Yeah, what a career Celtic, Spartak, Moscow, as you said, John, yeah. Everton, Sheffield Wednesday on loan. Preston Everton, North End. forgot Everton. Yeah, yeah. Everton, exactly. Played th- 32 appearances. Uh, Charlton on loan and now at Hebs and, of course, uh, Republic of Ireland. So many international camps. Mm. Yeah, John, can I throw a name at you? Duke, I'll come to that in a second or two. We're going to go on the lines. But Duke of Aberdeen, couple of goals at the weekend. And my goodness, they needed that win. Yeah, great free kick as well the other week, wasn't it? Um, was it against Rangers? Free kick, yeah. So he's talented. He can do things like that. Um, 
Again, you know, Jim Goodwin up at Aberdeen, he won't want to lose, mm. you know, one of his best strikers. But if, if the chairman comes to him and says, look, I've got £5 million on the table here, we, you know, like a club like Aberdeen, we cannot turn this bid down. It, it, it's just something that managers go into these jobs at Hibs, Aberdeen, knowing full well, Paul, that they may lose their best player in the window. That's what they sign up to. And you just have to ex accept it. And But he's... Certainly, again, he's a fantastic talent. Big win for Aberdeen. What do you make of Duke? Yeah, well, um, obviously, Miofsky got a lot of attention yeah. early in mm -hmm. the season. Um, but Duke's really come into his own. You know, he's, uh, I read he's came through the same youth team as Jota. Um, different type of quality he brings in, in the forward areas. He's so quick. Um, I thought the night against Rangers, he was a standout player on the pitch for the 60 minutes he was on. Um, I was actually surprised he, he got taken off that night. I thought... I think he's got a big role to play for Aberdeen on Sunday. And yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if there's interest in him. He's flying at the minute and he's I think he's Aberdeen's key player. Aberdeen, could they catch Hearts, do you think? Could they end up third in the Premiership? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's a target. It's a target for Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts every season. Um, and Hearts are, they've been doing it for a couple of years now. They're in a real good place off the back of the European money they've banked. They're, they're strengthening already this window, but... I would say there's a big game at Tynecastle in a few weeks. Aberdeen go down there. Um, off the back of, I think off the back of the same final there in Edinburgh, back to back with uh, Hearts and Hibs. So it's a season defining month for Jim Goodwin. And your old club, St Mirren, you've got so many clubs, like John, so many to go. But St Mirren, I think, did you predict that at the weekend? Well, I actually fancied St Mirren to win. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, I know the buzz around Paisley and, and they've been so good at home. Um, their home record I mean the crowds are just brilliant they're getting better every week yeah, they're really getting behind the, the team and it was an absolute onslaught in the first half um, an old friend of mine an old teammate of mine Ryan Flynn there's one he's he's going in and Grieve blocks it and there's another one he puts in the box and you fancy Alex Grieve to score that all day and, and he sticks it out the stand so in another day they could have been 2 or 3 in the lead but, but I think that's why Hearts are, have done what they've, they've got that mentality and they can dig in Robert Snodgrass scores a goal and um, in another day they might look at the second half chances and think they could have could have edged it Snodgrass could have another contract I think he's in until the end of the season Stephen but the way he's playing you wouldn't be surprised if there's news soon of a longer term contract yeah and I mean the goal the goal's probably quite lucky the way it goes in but that's just vintage Snodgrass yeah. I mean the quality in the box it's just begging to be to be scored so, it was a cross wasn't it yeah yeah, it was a cross but yeah. I mean you put it into that area it's such a good yeah. ball so hard to defend against and they're the ones that do go in at the back stick John what about St Mirren Terrific club. You hear about you know, yeah. Stephen saying the, the fans coming back in big numbers and they want to finish top six. Yeah, Steve Robinson as well. Um, come back, did really well. Where did he go? Did he, did he go to Fleetwood? Um, went to Morecambe. That's Morecambe. right. Yeah. Morecambe. Sorry, went to Morecambe yeah. from, from Motherwell. Not too far away. Never from... cut it. I yeah. thought he had a... I thought he was slightly fortunate to get another opportunity so soon to come back in at St Mirren um, having left Motherwell. Yeah. Um, but you look at it, St Mirren are only sort of three points behind, sorry, two points behind Aberdeen in fourth. Yeah. It's so, so tight. We speak about Hearts in third and Aberdeen, who's going to get third. Don't rule out Livingston. Sure. Livingston are picking up great results every week. They, they seem to, I know, um, they, they've just lost yes, Marvin, Marvin Barnett. We yeah. wish him luck as well, by the way, we in do. his first manager's job. Yeah. Good luck to Marvin. Um, you were left a nice, comfortable role there at Livingston. Mm -hmm. So he's somebody that obviously wants to manage, wants to go out on his own and see how he does. Um, after picking up, you know that 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 um, that experience from Davy Martindale, of course. Yeah. Um, 
So it's I never going to be comfortable. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. rule out any of these teams. If Hearts huh? have a little bad run, Hearts for me are, are favourites to finish third. But Aberdeen are certainly on their tails. And you can't rule out Livingston and St Mirren either. They go on a good run, you know. John, you're absolutely right. The table uh, is Celtic after the 21 games on 58. Rangers on 49 points. Goal difference plus 20 for Celtic. Hearts on 32 after 20 games. Aberdeen on 29 uh, after 21. Uh, Livy have also played 20 games. They're on 28 points. Not great in the radio to work out exactly what's the looks better when you can see it. We'll put it online. Uh, Livy on 28, St Mirren 27, Hibs on 26. But John's absolutely right. And look at St Johnson, you know, lost at the weekend, but 24 points. Kelly on 20, Motherwell and Dundee United on 19, Ross County on 16. Nobody is anchored at the moment, although a huge game, isn't it, at the weekend for Motherwell, Ross County? Yeah, huge game. I mean, as John was speaking about Livingston, they, they just find a way yeah. to win those games. Mm. You know, um, Ross County be kicking themselves off the back of Tanadice missing chances. I mean, that one, the midfielder can call. I, he chops it, the boy, and you think, what a team goal this is going to be, and he sticks it wide. And five minutes later, Bruce Anderson's got a double, and it's two 0 and you're thinking, oh no, here we go again. So a huge game on Saturday at Fir Park. You know, Motherwell's home record's just a disaster at the minute. Mm. It's a it's a terrible habit to, to be into when you're thinking to turn up at a stadium, you're not used to winning at your own stadium. So they really need to put that right in. Yeah, I know it's the old cliche, but what a six-pointer that is. We spoke last night about the pitch. It's magnificent at Motherwell. And I think Barry and Mark were saying last night, it's almost too good for teams coming there and going, wow, this... So Aidan McGeady thrived on that pitch at the weekend. Yeah, and, and at one point, I, I don't know if John remembers, when, when Gretna ground-shared, there was hardly a bit of grass on the pitch. And then I turned up at the European game, first game of the season, I thought, well, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. pitch is one of the best in the country. It's been flattened out, real atmosphere in the place. And I remember when, when we left Love Street at St Mern, and we always, I mean, all we ever heard was away uh, teams complaining about only one shower works, yeah. the stadium's a dump, It's the pitch is terrible. Mm-hmm. We moved to a new stadium and we didn't win a game in the stadium for a calendar calendar year. Really? Yeah. yeah we just that. yeah. Wow. Uh, we, we we didn't have that home advantage. The the fans hadn't really taken to it yet. We and and it was quite an easy an easy place for away teams. They they quite enjoyed it. Nice pitch, nice sure. shivers. It yeah. worked. Yeah. You know they, they enjoyed coming and getting a three point. So the bosses got it wrong. The problem was fixing the showers. Leave the showers. <laughs> so one shower is the way forward. I'd forgotten that because the new stadium is terrific. They should call it Love Street. I'd prefer if they did. Um, but I know it's got a sponsor, so that's great to get the. I always just call it St Mun Park. I always call it St Mun yeah, Park. Yeah. Love Street. John, it's fascinating, isn't it? Bruce Anderson, as a striker, what do you make of him? He was good. at Aberdeen, he was at Aki's on loan. He's very there. good. He's yeah. getting goals. Yeah. I think that's all you can ask from your strikers that, that, that they're getting goals and um, you know, they're, they're showing that they're loving scoring goals and, and, and that's what the team ultimately wants. We all are looking for goal scorers. You know, the teams that are struggling are the ones who, who are on the goal chart, goals for. You know, and if you've got bad goals against, then you're going to struggle. But goals for is what every every team are looking for strikers. They sure are. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Our strike team tonight is John Hartson and Stephen McGinn. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Will there be any cup upsets this weekend? League Cup semi-finals Saturday, Celtic against Kilmarnock. Same again as Saturday just gone by. And then Sunday, also at Hamden, it's Rangers against Aberdeen. Cup upsets a few days ago, as we mentioned, down south. And Stephen, I should have mentioned Scott Brown and Fleetwood beating QPR. 
Yeah, amazing. And uh, it's the furthest that Fleetwood have got yeah. to the, uh, in the FA Cup in their history. So amazing and fair play to him because Scott Brown, in his own right, could probably stay up here and taking on a, a good job and off the back of his name. But he's went down to England and um, he's really making his name for his own name and his own right as a manager. John, yep, their first time in their history. Yeah. They're in the fourth round of the Cup. Delighted. You know, he's uh, breaking records again. He's used to breaking yeah. records, isn't he, Bruni? But as um, Stephen just said there, first time um, Fleetwood have been in the fourth round of the FA Cup. So that'd be fantastic for them to beat the championship team as well in QPR, uh, Michael Beale's old club, of mm. course. Brilliant result for the football club. Oh, I just missed out there. Oh, they've got in the next round. Um, Stephen, you got that there? Who no, have they I got next? No, check. I don't have it here. See, we we yeah. should have this we before we start the talking yeah. about it. But it's we? great for Bruni, isn't it? Brilliant for Bruni because yeah. Stephen's right. You know, he could have maybe joined another club. Um, he went to Aberdeen, didn't he? Um, Stephen Glass got, got relieved of his duties there. Probably didn't work out as well as maybe as Scott possibly would have wanted. Um, but it's clearly to see that he wants to manage. He's gone down to Fleetwood. I think they're about 14th or 15th in the table. They're doing okay. They've had some big wins, but this this will give him a lot of credit, you know, knocking Q- QPR out of the FA Cup. Sheffield Wednesday away. Of course. Well done. Yep. So, John Hartson and Stephen McGinn here, we're looking at... Did you ever have a cup upset yourself, John? Yeah, I've been on the end of one, and I've done... We've, yeah. I remember playing for Luton. We knocked the might of Newcastle out of the FA Cup. Wow. Kevin Keegan's Newcastle, Cole, Beardsley, Bracewell... Um, Venison. Where was the game? At Kenilworth Road. Wow. I was 19 yeah, yeah. playing for Luton and, and, and Newcastle were top of the old first mm. division. Um, and I've also lost to Northampton for West Ham mm. in the FA Cup. Northampton were League Two. Yeah. So I've been a part of the giant killing mm-hmm. and I've been killed, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. I, I was on both sides sure. of the, of, of the uh, end of the stick. How high was the high then at Kenilworth Road that day? 19-year-old John Hartson. Incredible. That yeah. year we got to the semi-final uh, of the FA Cup, little old Luton. We beat Newcastle, yeah. we beat West Ham, we beat Cardiff on the way and then we lost 4-0 to Chelsea. It was 1994 yeah. at Wembley. Um, Gavin Peacock scored two goals for Chelsea and the winners went on to play Man United and got thumped 4-0. Chelsea yeah. lost 4-0. 1994 FA Cup final. How much did you enjoy beating Cardiff, given that you're oh, yeah, you're more yeah, Swansea? Yeah, I had a couple of food family there that yeah. afternoon as well, <laughs> so we enjoyed that one. And how bad was it then when you lost at the Hammers then, so the, when you were dumped in the Cup? Oh, it's, it's devastating because you think they're, what, 75 places below mm. you and like Arsenal going to Oxford last night. But it can happen. We mm. saw Sheffield Wednesday. Look at Newcastle. Newcastle are flying. They go to Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend, they get beat. You know, who could have called that one? The FA Cup is a good leveller mm-hmm. because a lot of teams now make a lot of changes and it just goes to show, like last night, Arsenal played their front three yeah. because they were wary of Oxford producing, you know, a big banana skin sort of result, if you like. Um, so nowadays, you don't see teams making that many changes because the FA Cup for a couple of years ago, Paul, almost diminished in terms of its value and what people thought but now it seems to be back and it's the biggest club competition in the world the FA Cup you know down south um, so it's a, I, I furthest I got was the semi-final played at Wembley but um, no it's, it's, it's great for these these smaller clubs to, to knock out the, the big boys you know and then they get another 
big game, then they go to Old Trafford, and financially, oh, it's massive for these smaller clubs to, you know, to to to, mm. to really sort of cough in with the money. Stephen, for you, were you part of a team that had a cup upset? Yeah, I got to the FA Cup semi-final as well, Sheffield United. Um, it was actually it's, it's one of those it's such a memorable cup run for me but the, the actual one the day of the semi-final um, it's one round I didn't feature I was just on a sub not used I was devastated uh, Who were you playing? We played Hull uh, yeah. Steve Bruce 5-3 um, a couple of Scotsmen scored on the day Stephen Scoogle Jamie Murphy uh, on the day but Matt we, we were speaking about it the other day it was nine years to the day that we beat Aston Villa in that run and um, it's funny when you look back we were a League One club obviously mm-hmm. we were Premiers I just remember Harry Maguire played for us that day against Christian Benteke. And you remember, yeah. I, it was a day, honestly, I thought we, he can play right at the top. He, right. it, was, it was brilliant. Harry. On our bench was a f- couple of young future England internationalists as well. Connor Cody, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, wow. both uh, on the bench for us that day. No so, big names. Yeah, so it just, just shows yeah. you uh, yeah. the way it works in England, how you can go from, mm-hmm. from there to Who was the, the Sheffield United manager? Nigel Clough. Nigel Clough. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. It was, the great Brian's son. Honestly, yeah. Nigel Clough was the best cup manager I've ever had. League, league matches week to week, sometimes he'd be, uh, he'd be he'd, I mean, some of the some of the ribbons I took for him over the year, half time. Uh-huh. But the cup games, he was amazing. He, he just did that way. way uh, yeah. he, he made us, that day, that day, I mean, we had a, we beat Fulham down there. I remember going out before I played Fulham, played directly against Clint Dempsey. And and he made me feel as if I was better than Clint Dempsey. There was no way I was better than Clint Dempsey. But on the night, I, I, I was one of my favourite ever individual performances. And but I don't know. He just the cup games are just the way the buzz he had and the enthusiasm for taking the scalp of these Premiership clubs. Uh, I who, I yep. think you are better than Clint Dempsey. At uh, least you should have believed that, in my opinion. Good. And he did. That's what he told me. Because you play day. against these big superstars. If you go in and you've got an attitude like, well, he's a lot. You've got to think on the day. Look, I can I can get the better of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The 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 midweek after we lost at Walsall, and he told me I was the worst player in the park. <laughs> was that fair? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the night. Yeah. yeah. Did he used to do strange yeah. things like you know you're all the stories about his dad, his dad Brian, Brian Clough, Clough, and his Clough. Brian Clough Martin and Neil says he's in his opinion the greatest manager ever lived. Yeah. Um, did he used to throw in the little sort see, of... see when you watch see when you watch the old films and uh, Brian Clough and read all the old stuff and Martin and Neil telling stories. Mm. Honestly, it's so similar to the experience of playing under Nigel. Yeah. The same, same rules, same kind of organisation, everything. Honestly, we all, our, our old teammates. We are quite close from that time. Well, quite a lot of Scottish when we lived in Sheffield. Honestly, we could spend hours talking about story, old stories really? about just yeah. playing under Nigel yeah. and, his, and his staff. It used to be great travelling to games and um, John Robertson, yeah. who was voted the greatest ever Notts Forest player. Was he? Yeah. yeah scored the winning goal in 79, made the winning goal for Trevor Francis, two European Cups. Yeah. Um, and obviously... John and Martin would sometimes join in with the lads and we'd all we'd all surround them. the stories they used to come out with about Brian Clough was just and they would entertain us, yeah. really was. And I know people now like Dean Saunders who, who played for Forest and the Clough, Mark Crosley who was the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and they the some of the stories is, is un, you wouldn't get away with it no, today. Sure. You know, some of the things. Sometimes randomly, I mean, sometimes day before a game, you turn up ready to come for training and the the agenda that day at training would just be a game of cricket. Really? Yeah. Under Nigel Clough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'd never played cricket in my life, right? So, can't throw it properly. And he would get so angry at how bad... You know what I mean? If you were on his team and you can't bowl, or you can't... Yeah. I mean, you're missing the ball. It's amazing that a football manager can actually be more on you for the no-been-good-at-cricket than the next yeah. day, an actual game at Bramall Lane. 
Martin would do similar things. He would like, you know, on a on a Monday, he would we would wrap up training, and he'd say, right, you know, you got four days off, and he'd say to me, look, John, you go down and see your family, and you know, make sure. Um, and almost like some of the lads would go up to Glen Eagles with their partners and their and their kids, and go or go like horse riding and and things like this, just totally get away from. And they almost say like, if anybody comes in, I'm finding you. I've I've give you the I've give you the time off, yeah. take the time off, mm-hmm. and then and then the following week then you think you think you're okay on the Monday or the Tuesday, and he'd say right lads see you back out on the training ground two o'clock nobody go anywhere so wow. you get your lunch and he'd do a double session, mm-hmm. he just threw a spanner in the works and he just seemed to get results and it uh, worked didn't it found a yeah. way to get the best out of every single player and he made you love him he, mm-hmm. he absolutely made you run through walls for him and. It's an art in itself to do that. And they'd say, Brian Clough, how can he win two European Cups at a club like Nottingham Forest? Forest. Yeah. It's, just, it's just almost impossible to do. But he obviously made the players, as you just said there, he obviously made the players mm. really play for him. And uh, and I, 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 I made that point earlier about Mark Hughes. I think if you've got great respect and your manager treats you properly... Um, I think he'll get the, the getting the best out of you. You play you play much better for him. You'll give more for him. Stephen McGinn, did you ever have a cup upset the other way, where you were expected to win? Yeah, plenty. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, give some... us one of them. Which one would it be? I think quite early in the the Alan Stubbs uh, reign, we were two 0 mm. down to Spartans at home, and I remember just thinking, what is going on here? Mm. That you can't. Uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you play against these teams, and they've got that what we had. They've got that spirit, and they've mm. got that on that night. They they can they can match you, and the pressures that come from the crowd, and how are this team that are four divisions yeah. below you, whatever? How can they outplay you, outrun you? But sometimes I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of the cup, and you don't get a second shot shot at it if you're not ready for it on the night. These teams can match you, and yeah, they're sore, but aren't they? They're sore when you get beat off. The oh teams yeah, we my, we beat Liverpool on the Thursday night, two 0 at Anfield. We were through to the semi final of the uh, of the UEFA Cup. Next minute, three days later, we go to Inverness. Martin makes ten changes in the Scottish Cup, and we get beat one 0 Incredible, it can happen. Celtic did have that record, didn't they, with Inverness with a bogey team for a wee while? Yeah, they the were. Cup, I think remember? they beat, yeah. beat Celtic twice, times, I think, yeah. under John Barnes, wasn't it, at Celtic Park? That's right. But that was one of your biggest nights for Celtic, you know, at Anfield. Just shows you in football. It's 11 against 11 for a time, isn't it? You know, no matter what who they are, there's a period where you've got to battle each other and the hunger mm. makes a difference, I would imagine. I don't think yeah. there's any disgrace in Inverness being the bogey place. I think it's almost yeah. impossible to play well for 90 minutes up there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah just the, the conditions and the yeah. surfaces. And yeah. then the way it comes in off the Murray Firth, doesn't it? Yeah. Under the lights as well. <laughs> Indeed. It was, an evening, it was a what, Sunday afternoon. I think what was that scoreline for you against uh, when you were playing under Alan Stubbs? Oh, Spartan, we ended up rest. We, we got back to two each, but I mean, right. still not great. Not, not what you expected. We started this section with, um, well, earlier on, I think, with uh, Grado doing his uh, Ange Postacoglu. Here is the man himself speaking about the game at the weekend, but we're listening to it to see what he thinks because they're up against Kilmarnock again in the Cup um, on Saturday. Yeah, look, I thought, um, yeah, first half, yeah, it was, was, it was tricky for us. Um, there's no real flow to the game and, um, you know, there's a lot of stopping and starting and we didn't really um, sort of open them up the way we wanted it to. And, um, you know, credit to them, they, they sort of stuck to their task. Um, but we also, you know, we made some poor choices, particularly in the final third. But, um, yeah, we got a good goal just for half-time and then although second half was was really good, you know, really strong, you know, dominated the, game, dominated the game in the areas we want to. Scored a really nice goal, but probably, you know, any other day we'd add another three or four. 
That's exactly what you said, John. Get yeah. to half-time, nil-nil from a Kelly point of view. From a Celtic point of view, the fans enjoyed it. It takes a bit of pressure off then. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, I thought Celtic, uh, their passing wasn't as crisp as what it normally is. You know, their, um, their intent to, to go and attack. You know, Kilmarnock stifled a lot of stuff. It was a bit sticky, you know, start-stop. Uh, huffed and puffed and this, that and the other. But Maeda does what he does. Very powerful run down the left-hand side. Uh, Mayo, I thought, actually played very well for um, for Kilmarnock. I thought he was very good in the first half. And, you know, they they basically, Celtic scored on half-time. And I think it changes the whole dynamics of the half-time team talk. And um, for, for um, Derek McInnes would have been delighted at Celtic Park to get in nil-nil. So you can settle the players down, regroup type of thing, and then go again. Um, you know Celtic are going to come. And obviously when Celtic got the second goal and created more opportunities, Jack Amaka sets the post with a, with a great bullet header. And it could have been three or four in the end. But, uh, you know, in the second half, Kilmarnock then had to try and try and get back in the game. And that's the danger. And that's what I was talking about at the weekend. If Celtic go in front or if Rangers go in front, then you've got to chase it. And when Kilmarnock sits in with them three big centre-halves, you know, Joe Wright, Ashley Taylor and Chris Stokes, that them three... Head on a stick, good in both boxes. Ash Taylor can play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they can all play. So you, you, you're trying to, you know, you can't take them on physically, but the way Celtic play. And then they won comfortable in, in, in the second half. It was an easy day out for them. But up until half time, it, it was a little bit of a struggle. Here's a bit more from Ange. We work on certain patterns and you, you kind of, you know, um, have some things that you've you got to rely on. And I thought. There was more opportunities to do that in the first half, and we didn't take them. You know, we, we kind of we, we we played in front of them too much instead of sort of trying to probe in behind. But um, I thought second half, I thought we addressed that. And like I said, um, you know, apart from the goal, I thought we created some fantastic opportunities. Stephen, you think uh, Kel Lafferty will start on the bench for Kilmarnock? What about Celtic? What would you think the lineup might be for Saturday? We know you said it yourself. He's hard to predict. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the, the the team will be quite similar. I think Bernabeu. Um, we'll play at left back Starfield, Carter Vickers, Johnson I think McGregor plays and I think Hitati plays and it'll be come down to Moyer O'Reilly the front three I, I don't think Jota misses out I don't think Kyogo misses out it's probably who takes that final um, I think with the way the first and second goal come about I think he'll go with the pace um, I think that first goal Celtic score the Jota goal I think we'll be talking about that being the kind of Ange Postacoglu goal mm-hmm. for 10 years from now they're so good at that inside the ball inside the full back and they cut across for the first time finish um, so I think he'll go with Abada John what do you think? I think he can chop and change yeah. he, he can play Abada he could play Forrest um, you know he could even surprise us and play Jack and Marcus through the middle uh, I think he'll play Kyogo um, on the left hand side whether he plays Maeda whether he plays Jota he likes to change it up doesn't he? Yeah. You know he likes and you said earlier in the programme Paul it's very difficult mm-hmm. You know, to uh, to actually nail down who you think will play, they've got several options uh, in terms of midfield in particular. Um, and I think Stephen's right. I think McGregor always plays the skipper. You know, he's so influential now to the team, the way that he takes the ball in, and you know, he plays as a, as a number six, but he moves forward, doesn't he, into the eight and ten areas. Um, alongside him, it's it's your guess, really, Hatati. Turnbull may come back in. Moy yeah. Moy could play. O'Reilly could come back in, having not started at the weekend. Um, so your guess is as good as mine. But whatever team he picks, they'll be very strong. How did Burnaby do for you then? He's played a couple of games back after the World Cup. I know he wasn't there at the World Cup, but Stephen, what did you think as a, a defender? 
Well, I, I, I was obviously didn't see the game. You're not all the game. Yeah. I mean, you're reading. I don't think I don't think these Celtic careers gone exactly to plan so yeah. far. I think he's it's been really stop start. I think he's showed promise at times. I thought the decision to go with Juranovic on the wrong side when he was at the mm-hmm. bench at Ibrox probably showed how it's gone so far. Mm-hmm. I think that was where Ange sees him at this moment in time, but. The opportunities come up with Greg Taylor's injury. He started last week. Um, he's might play in the national stadium this weekend, which will be his first real big test as a Celtic player. You know, I don't think Derek McInnes will make any apologies for asking questions of him defensively um, on the diagonal. See, see if he can handle the, the physicality they've got. And uh, I, I think, from a commandment point of view, that's all they can do. They can try and find uh, some weaknesses in Celtic and try and target them. John. Well, I think I think young McGinn, as I call him, um, I, I think he's nailed it. I think everything you needed to hear, that was that. Um, I don't think he's been outstanding. Greg Taylor would play if he's fit. I think Burnaby, he comes in, you know, when, when Taylor's out, he's got an opportunity now to really stamp his authority and show Ange that he can play regular at this level. Because when you fall back for Celtic, it's... It's a massive, massive role in the team. You know, they, they play in line with the centre midfield players. That's what they do. Sure. They get up in line. Literally, you could, you could draw a line. And that's where they play. That's how high up they have to be. They have to do overlaps. They have to get back and defend. They have to join in with the midfield and create, a, create um, an extra man in there. Um, and it's, it's really, really difficult, not just physically, but mentally as well. You know, it's almost like yeah. you have to master yeah. the art of being a fallback. Like, they're the greats, like the Danny McGrains mm-hmm. of this world. You know, you have to master that art of your position. That's why, you know, Sutton was so good, because he mastered the art of being a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. This is why Barry Ferguson was so good, because he mastered the art of being a captain, sitting in front of the back four, sometimes going... And this is what these fallbacks have to do now. Burnaby has to come into the team, and he has to, he has to be at a level where he can give his manager a problem. And he's got an opportunity now with Greg Taylor's injury. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Just hearing on the traffic and travel there about Malig. John, have you been there on the West Coast? Malig? Yeah, I've been to Malig. been to the, uh, the yeah. Highland Games there. Ah, great, yeah. Yeah, Highland the Games was there four or five Games, years ago. Yeah. And you go past where they filmed the Harry Potter, the bridge. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I've been, I've been to Barra, Paul, I've yeah. been to Barra. On the, it's land on the beach. Yeah, yeah. the beach in the plain. Yeah. Uh, I have been to Tyree. Tyree, uh, I've been Beautiful. up to uh, Stornoway. Luckily, I've been to Wick. Yeah. Luckily, mate, I've travelled sure. all around these places. Beautiful parts of the world. Isn't it? Stephen, as well, did you get family holidays up north and around and the West Coast and stuff? Yeah, we used to go up to... to well, we went to Donock one year, but we... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the amount of us and the amount of cousins and stuff like that, we, yeah. one year we'd be in Spain, the next year we'd be in Abroth. Right. We used yeah. to go, yeah. sometimes we'd drive into Abroth and I used to say to some of the boys, we used to go on holidays there. Yeah. Like, the thing is as well, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're still playing, Stephen, because you're training <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and in the holiday times of six weeks, you probably go abroad with the family, you know, get a bit of sun on your back. But when you retire... Like my in-laws live in uh, Spain Bridge, just oh, up the other side. Of, yeah. So you've got time to go up to these places and holidays, you know, because I'm retired. I've got days that I can go up there. And sometimes when you're playing, yeah. you don't get the seat to do all that because you're so into your club and training and everything takes over, do you know? 
Are you retired? You're busy as ever. We see he's been at the World Cup. He's in the telly this weekend. He's in the Go Radio Football Show tonight. John Hartson here, there and everywhere, but mainly here with us. Stephen, you're I, thinking? I offered you a ticket for Wick Academy away when oh, early I, in the I, season. I didn't Scottish Cup. You didn't quite no. fancy it. The guys don't know what I'm going to say coming out then. I don't know what we're going to go. It's just when he said my league, I thought beautiful, but I was there many years ago. Old, old Putney. Beautiful. Old yeah. Putney, that's the whiskey on Wick right? yeah. Airport. Okay. Yeah. Take, old, it, take old, it in moderation. <laughs> okay, yeah. where are we going? I'll tell you where we're going. We're looking forward to the games this weekend. We're talking Celtic there just beforehand and who's coming in and who is going out. Um, Cho looks as though he could be coming a £3 million offer they're saying on Sky that that's in there and will Gikamakis go he wants to stay in Europe apparently although there's a big offer maybe on the way from Japan for Rangers then Todd Cantwell's being uh, Norwich have rejected an offer for him today we will find out in the next few days well three three weeks to go isn't there exactly three weeks January being a, a longer month let's look Rangers then let's look to what happened at the weekend a good win for them up at Tannadice I mean after what probably felt like almost a defeat against Celtic with you know a couple of minutes to go 2-1 up and playing well how would they do up at Dundee United here's what the manager thought of the 2-0 win I was delighted with the performance. We had a lot of control first half, but we lacked a little bit of quality in the final third. That's all we spoke about at half time, about passing and running off the ball. And we scored two good goals, and I'm, I'm delighted. John's had very little to do in the game. It's a difficult place to come, but uh, defensively at the moment, we look quite strong. With every game, I'm starting to see a little bit more rhythm and cohesion in the attack. The only downside of today's game was losing Antonio to an injury at half-time. That's the only downside. Flip side of that is the big positive to see Kamar Roof back, which is obviously I'm very pleased with. Yeah, Kamar Roof come on, came on late, John. Terrific player, came up from Leeds a few years ago. Yeah. We just don't see enough of him. No, he's been very injury-prone, hasn't he? But when he has played, he's, he's scored some really yeah. good goals. Uh, I'm sure that's, that's the biggest thing for... For his manager, can he get him fit? Can the sports science there get him fit? Getting him a good run of games uh, without pulling up with anything. Um, but listen, Michael Beale is delighted with, with the players. You can see that he's, he's buzzing in his voice. He's talking. He's very, very positive. Um, results bring that positivity because it's hard when you're when you're losing games, Rangers don't lose that many, but when you do lose games, you've got to face the wrath of of the of the you know the local uh, radio stations like us criticizing, asking questions about why make these changes, why do this, why not play him, why not play him. When you're winning, takes care of everything. Takes care of a lot of things when you're winning. His team are winning, they're playing well. Um they played very well against Celtic, as we know, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they've just got to keep going. Obviously, they've got a big challenge. Celtic are nine points in front, playing exceptionally well on a really good run. Um, so they've just got to keep going, haven't they? From Michael Beale's point of view, he looked to add. He looked to add like Ange will add in, in, in January. One or two might leave. Um, and, and that's where he's going to go with his team. I just see live on Sky just now, there's, uh, they're showing an old Kilmarnock game. I'm watching to see if Stephen McGinn was playing in that one there. But John, I want to ask you and Stephen... What about Malik Tillman? Scored Rangers' second goal on Sunday. He's on loan. Do you think Rangers might look in the summer to turn it into a, a full signing? Yeah, they'll definitely mm. do that, in my opinion. Yeah. I, th I think he's been quoted, Michael Beale, as saying that Tillman is one that he would like to bring to the football club. I think he's still quite young. You know, you don't play for Bayern Munich if, if you're not a great player. Um, for me, he does it in fits and starts. I've seen him quiet and I've seen him sort of tear games you know um, 
you know, really, really on song, sort of ripping it up, if you like. He's he's a very, very talented player, great skill, um, goes forward with the ball. But then I think from Michael Beale's point of view is to make him more consistent. But first of all, you'll want to tie him up on a contract for Rangers. Won't be cheap. I don't know what sort of deal. They might try and get him on loan again for another year. I don't know what Bayern Munich want. But I think he's certainly a player that Michael Beale would love to bring to the football club. Stephen, what do you make of Malik Tillman? Yeah, I mean, there's no question he's, his ability and his potential. Um, what John said, it's, it's all a wee bit in fits and starts. And I think he fed some of the, the enthusiasm that um, Fashion Sakala shows at times and what a career he's going to have. Um, I think this weekend, I think this is Michael Beale, I think this is the start of, of the real pressure for him as a Rangers manager. I think when he took over with the, the gap to Celtic, I think... He's, he's got as close to a free hit as he can have in terms of league season with Celtic and Rangers. I think he'll be expected to push it as, far, as close and as far as he can, but I think this is his first one. I think he'll have looked at it. I think he'll have sat with his staff and he'd have thought, this is the one to lay a marker down. And just had it all his own way since he's came to Glasgow. This is the one. If we can go and get that first trophy off of him, this puts a real marker down. And we spoke about the importance of the mentality uh, for the for the group for Celtic last year with Angie's first trophy. I think I, I think this is from the first meeting with his coaches and with the players. I think they've stressed the importance of this semi final and the need to win the cup. Let's hear a little bit more from him about the second half performance at Tannadice. I thought in the first half, like we, we had some moves where two or three players did good things, and the last pass, whoever it be a cross or a shot, just wasn't there, and we were getting frustrated. Dundee United was sitting deep and. Uh, the pitches at this time of the year are bobbly, so we had to change some things at, at half-time. I won't tell you everything we changed, but the crux of it is that we passed and we run off the ball a lot more. And, and I thought the first goal typified that because it's two people running behind. And uh, it was a great finish from uh, Fashion Sakala. He's in fine form at the moment. John, massive for them. For Rangers yeah, to win you, the Cup. You, you, yeah, to win the Cup would be huge, obviously, to take it off Celtic um, or, the, or the holders. Uh, but what he's talking about there in terms of Fashion Sakala, you need good players. You need good players at your disposal. Fashion Sakala is a good player. And he's the difference. If he doesn't score that goal, then it continues to be frustrating, frustrating. I think I still think Rangers will possibly go on and win the game. Um but you need good players to 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 to, to sort of um be the difference to get you a result. And that's why Andrews wants more quality. Mm-hmm. You know, Rangers want more quality. He wants another two or three of Sakala sort of influences. And you need big players at big times to win your games. Rangers have got a couple of them. Celtic have got quite a few of them, you know. And uh, he's not made inroads yet. The only inroads that he's made on Ange and Celtic is playing well for long periods at Ibrox. Um, Still nine points. Still 20 goals. So they can either look for mistakes from Celtic or, or, or a lapse They've got to keep winning. Rangers have to keep winning, but I think winning the cup, I think the final is in February or March. Mm, it's late the, February. It's yeah. the first one. I think momentum, I think that that can give the, the club a big momentum push and a confidence booster if you go and win that first cup available. The biggest compliment I can give Michael Beale is in, in his game so far, I think Hibs at home and, and Sunday at Dundee United, the first half were so similar to some of the games these players gave early in the season. Very similar to the St Martin game where the, the, the halves just seemed to drift away and the second half kind of followed on in the same pattern. In both those games, Michael Beale has changed something, whether it's mentality, whether it's tactical, he's changed something and Rangers have come out in both halves. And even in Celtic game, come out in, in a di- totally different team. Do some of the players have to look at themselves 
the way they underperformed latterly under Giovanni van Bronckhurst? Oh, you always do. I mean, you always... Um, I mean, it's easy. I've, I've been there as a player when the manager's getting a lot of stick and you can use it as an excuse. Why's he picked him? Why's he picked him? But yeah. when all said and done it, I think they'll look back. I think they'll even be looking back at how they're playing now and, and in that game and think we let the, the points go away. Do you know, if we'd just really been at it that day, we'd only be six points close, uh, mm. closer to Celtic instead of nine. I know we're a few days away from the weekend, but we won't see you till next week. So, Stephen, what do you think is going to happen? Your old club, Kelly, up against Celtic? I expect Kamala to make it tough for Celtic again, but I just think under the lights at Hamden, Celtic yeah. will have too much. And the following day, what do you think? Rangers-Aberdeen? Can't wait for it. I think it's a game of the, the weekend. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, the game at Pataudry, I mean, Aberdeen will be sick at how, how they let it slip through and I think they'll fancy their chances of giving Rangers another game, so really looking forward to that one. John, what do you think? Celtic killer, your old club, going through? Well, I think um, I think both teams, Celtic and Rangers, will will, will have uh, problems. You yeah. know, these things never go easy. It's a semi-final of a, of a, of a, a major cup competition. Um, but I think in the end, with the amount of quality and good players... And uh, I think Hamden might suit both both teams. I, I I can see a Celtic, but no disrespect to the other two. They'll make it as difficult as they can. Jim Goodwin and obviously Derek McInnes, but I, I can only see a Celtic Rangers final. John, that'll be someday, won't it? And I think yeah. 90% other than Aberdeen and Kilmarnock yeah. fans or our listeners will agree. might think the same. Listen, he's 78 today. Not any of us. Sir Rod Stewart. Brilliant. So you know him well. How does he look? How yeah, good amazing. is Rod looking? Yeah, he wears it well, doesn't he? For all that years, all that sort of <laughs> concerts and everything else, he's looking fantastic. fantastic. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Rod. Yeah, legend. Thanks very much, Stephen McGinn. Thank you, John Hartson. Tomorrow night, we'll be here with Barry Ferguson and Andy Walker at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.